0: Moncrief on News Talk,
1: Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
0: Good afternoon. Prior to actually finding the building, how much did you know about your, uh, your links to your ancestors?
1: <laughs> I really didn't know too much. I had heard stories about a hopwood castle that my grandfather used to tell me as a boy, but I always just thought there were bedtime stories fairy tales, really, and it was much later in life as an adult that I was researching my genealogy online and came across Hopwood Hall, an old black-and-white photograph, and uh, I realized that must have been the castle that he was talking about when and then, he told me these stories.
0: Yeah, and then did you have to do a bit of research to make sure it was your Hopwoods rather than some other <laughs> random Hopwoods? <laughs>
1: Well, I hated the name, you know, as a child, it was a very difficult name to have. He was also named Hopwood, my grandfather, and he was very proud of the name. But I tried to hide it as much as I could. I didn't want anyone knowing it. And he used to tell me all these stories about, about the name and, and that all traces back to England. And it was just much later after his death that I started to really dig into it. And that's when I came across the hall and yeah. uh, and it was I was kind of spellbound when I found it because I always thought it was uh, you know a fairy tale that he was telling me about and,
0: and would it be fair to say it came at a time in your life or maybe you were a wee bit disillusioned with the whole Hollywood thing
1: yes I was you know it, it came at a time where I I was searching for something. Like a lot of people, I think after the death of a loved one, and, and in this case, in my life, it was my father and my grandfather in a very short amount of time, and I was struggling with that. And I think I was searching for something bigger, something more meaningful in my life than uh, producing films and, and being in the entertainment business. As, as fun as that was, as much as I loved it, it was also you know, in, in search of a, a deeper meaning in life. And Finding Hopwood Hall, I think, answered those questions for me, and was the answer to to so many things that I had been searching for. And I didn't know at the time when I came over to England to see it. I was just thinking it was a a research mission, a, you know, a chance to see some history. But I never realized that I would change my entire life and end up coming over to England and moving there full time to save it. But mm. That's what happened.
0: (laughs) And And when uh, when you first saw it, Hopwood, though, I mean, it wasn't in great condition. It was was a bit of a wreck.
1: Yes, it was. uh, There were vines growing through the windows and water running down the walls and thieves breaking in on a regular basis. You know, of course, it rains a lot in Manchester. So all the leaks in the roof were exposed and it was a, a real mess. But there was 600 years worth of history, possibly more. And these beautiful ancient wood carvings from the 1500s, and uh, I just couldn't believe it. You know, the dry rot was creeping through it, and they said if nothing was done to save it in the next five to ten years, it would turn to rubble and be lost forever. Yeah. And I just felt like if I happen to be a hopwood that's alive on earth and I can actually do something to halt this and to save it, then I have to.
0: What what had the building been uh, used for before it fell into disrepair?
1: Well, it fell out of the family after 500 years when the two male heirs were killed in World War I, along with 24 members of of the staff. And the the parents were so bereaved by the loss of their sons and, and their beloved staff that they ended up moving out in the 1920s. And it, be, it went through a series of uses. It was the Lancashire Cotton Company during World War II— where they were uh making uniforms for the World War 2 and and you know they moved out of Central Manchester because they were afraid they were going to get bombed there and then it became uh monks moved in and became a teacher training college uh Catholic priest training college and then they moved out about 30 years ago it was still in okay condition 30 years ago uh, but then unbeknownst to anyone vandals got on the roof and uh, started to to take the lead and that's that, that led Manchester's endless rain start pouring in and and cause, you know, 10 million plus pounds worth of damage.
0: Oh, God. And uh, so at the time you uh, first went to visit it, Upwood, who actually owned it?
1: The council owns it and still does. And I negotiated a deal with them to take responsibility for it. But as you can imagine, it's a lot of responsibility. (laughs) So... Uh, when we're ready, which will be later this year, we're going to take the ownership of it, and um, and we've also set up a charitable foundation, and uh, and we'll be doing a lot of uses for the community and really looking to make it an art and culture venue where people can come and visit and have historic tours, but also uh, events like concerts and film screenings and live stage theater and things like that that we really want to Uh, focus on enriching the community and because it's a beloved building there with so many people involved and we couldn't be doing it without the community so i really see this as a a long-term use for to benefit the community
0: Mm. and so where do you start because i assume you've never done anything like this before (laughs) so uh, what's the starting point well the
1: best advice that was given to me was start with the roof so that's what we've been doing we've been on the roof for several years uh you know it's uh shoring that up and the foundation and the walls and uh but now you know we're on to the the actual restoration as well so it's uh but it's a big project it's going to take a number of years uh, but we're getting several rooms open this summer and just in a few weeks on the 18th of june we're going to be open for tours uh, of three rooms which will be a you know a, a rough in a rough state a bit dusty but We've had so many requests from hundreds of people saying we really want to see the hall. A lot of people who are connected to the hall are in the local area who want to visit it. So we we decided to open up and offer tea and cake and tours.
0: Okay, that's... Uh, that's And, and presumably, the, uh, part, you now you have, as I understand, put a lot of your own money into this, but this is a mammoth undertaking, so you've probably had to do a lot of fundraising as well.
1: Yes, we've been incredibly lucky to have... Uh, heritage organizations like Historic England and National Lottery uh, get behind us. Architectural Heritage Funds, and it's been great. We couldn't do it alone. Yes, I've made personal investment as well, but it's really going to be a a group effort to save it because it will. the, the cost are very uh, astronomical in terms of trying to rescue a historic building like that. But it's it's worthy of being saved. It's a great two-star listed building and so many of the original fireplaces and carvings and uh, just so much history is still there that it's uh, it's worth saving and the community is 100% behind it and, and want to see it saved. So I think that with uh, the, the team that we've assembled, we'll be able to do it.
0: Yeah. Now, and and in that the restoration aspect of it. I mean, as you said, the very old carvings and fireplaces. I understand there's a fireplace that Lord Byron gave the family. I actually like the idea that a fireplace just turns up in the post. Uh, but <laughs> was it easy to find people with those old skills to do that kind of thing?
1: Well, one thing that I've learned, you know, coming from America, it was surprising how few people are still around that do the heritage skills. And there's a lot of older craftsmen and craftswomen that are passionate about passing these skills on to other people. And so I've been starting to learn uh, heritage skills like leaded glass window making and brick making, uh, plaster molding. And we're also offering workshops for other people that want to get involved. And we're doing uh, partnerships with uh, students and involving them, which is really exciting to help pass along these heritage skills that are so important that can't be lost uh, and and trying to, to grow that base of people who know how to uh, recreate what was there in the past.
0: And, I, of course, this would include uh, the grounds as well, which are substantial. And I understand as part of that, you had to end a 500-year-old feud with your neighbours. Was, was that a tricky <laughs> one?
1: Well, we've had the community come out. And during the pandemic was really telling about how many people were, were willing to help us. And that was when we had to halt our our works on the hall. And a lot of people said, well, I have a rake, I have a shovel, I have a spade, I can come out, I can help. And we were unable, we were able to unearth 30 years of bramble and mud and overgrowth of the Hall Gardens and start to bring those back to life. And it's really looking fabulous now. And uh, that's part of the, the tour that we'll be offering, that people can see the gardens that have been done by the hands of the local community. And we just had a lot of support from everybody, including the neighbors, which has been great.
0: Right. and But the neighbors... One of your ancestors shot one of their ancestors with a crossbow or something.
1: There, There's a lot of history. Yes, we unearthed uh, murders that happened at the hall from hundreds of years ago, which was uh, surprising. Uh, but it's, with that m- many centuries of history, it's always uh it's always a shock to find what you, you uh, discover, including ghosts and murders and everything else in between. But, but, but the everything is great over. everyone's been supportive. <laughs> yes, everyone's been incredibly supportive. And um, it's uh, w- w- everybody's looking toward the future of how we can help save the hall and also provide the access to get uh, the community in, as well as visitors from near and far.
0: As a, and I also understand that when the, the monks were running the place, and it was a teacher training college, they had a disco there. So, have you still got the <laughs> disco? Please tell me you're going to keep the disco.
1: I don't see how we can get rid of the disco. I think we have to keep it. Yes, it's still there, and there's been a number of well-known bands that played there in the disco when they were just starting out. So, it's another piece of history. It's the 20th century history, but uh, still fascinating to me. And rumors that John Lennon was there, and ub 40 and Ozzy Osbourne, uh, you know, since they had a long list of interesting guests dating all the way back to Guy Fox and uh, a number of people, Lord Byron, as you mentioned, and all the way up through the, the 20th century. So, uh, yes, we continue to keep the disco alive and, and see that as a, a fun space for people to visit and have events and weddings and things like that
0: in the future. All those people mixed together. That's a, mm-hmm. That would be a very interesting party, it must be said. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the, the Hopwood's book is called uh, Downton Shabby, One American's Ultimate DIY Adventure, Restoring His Family's English Castle. Hopwood Dupree, thank you very much.
1: Thank you so much. I also should add that we do have a YouTube channel. We're putting videos out as well if people want to follow along.
0: Okie dokie. All right. Thanks, Hopward. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank. Think again. Weekdays at 2 p.m. on News Talk.